Well, thank you guys. Um, yeah, my name is Ron, and uh, um, I have no clue what time it is right now. I am, I, we woke up. My daughter, Leilani, is here. She's in the back. She's nine. She's almost 10. We got in a car at uh, 3.54 this morning and uh, flew from Indianapolis, where we live, to Las Vegas, to Fresno, and then drove up the hill. And so right now, what is it? It's 7.51, so it's, uh, it's yeah, almost 11 o'clock uh, for my mind and my heart. But after what just happened in here, my heart is so full, you guys. This is such an honor and a privilege that we've got to spend this time together. And this is an encouraging weekend for us. What if God wants to take this weekend and just do something that is like, absolutely revolutionary. It's not just a, just a bonding time, not just a fun time, not just a special time, but what if it is a divine appointment time? There's time where, where God can really knit hearts together, first ours with his, in a way that maybe is just uh, refreshing to you or much needed. Maybe it's just father and daughter been praying for this for, for quite a while and uh, excited to uh, just see what, what the Lord's going to do. Um, I, I born and raised out this direction, grew up in Long Beach, California, and then been coming to, uh, awesome, yeah, I go Snoop Dogg. Um, I, uh, I loved it. And then I went to high school in Lake Arrowhead, and uh, we started coming here to Hume when I was 15 years old. And uh, in a couple months, I'll be 50 years old, and I think I've been up just about every single year uh, since then, and um, it's just got a special place in, in my heart. Um, but then seeing what God's doing here is super cool. About a year and a half ago, uh, we moved to the Indianapolis area. I'm a teaching pastor at a church out there, and it's been like really, really special. Um, really, really enjoying it. Wanted to introduce super quick um, my family to you. This is my wife, Anna, and I um, there. It's, it's super green uh, in Indiana all the time. And uh, we, we spent the last nine years in Arizona, which is not green, if you're not real familiar. Uh, so we're loving it there. Um, Anna is the best thing that's ever happened to me, and uh, she's such a gift. Um, my oldest, his name is Braddock, and uh, that's Braddock with the uh, fro. And um, he's a senior in high school and uh, loves the Lord and just, uh, just continually blesses uh, really, our whole family. Um, our middle, Brody, his younger brother is just a year younger, and he was just goofing around right there. He, has, he would hate me uh, if he knew I was showing you this picture uh, that I took. Um, but Brody is very sweet, and where his older brother is an absolute extrovert, he's a full-on introvert, and yet the sweetness there too, just a huge, huge blessing. And then my little girl, Leilani, um, she's a sweetheart. And dads, you know, like I love my boys with every fiber of my being. Six years went by, and we thought that might be it. And then God blessed me with my daughter. And there was a place in my heart that I didn't even know existed that just began to explode and erupt when my daughter came. And Leilani is the joy of our family and such a, a huge gift and blessing. And uh, if she's not asleep already, Lay, I love you deeply. Um, 
So I would like to talk this weekend about the heart, the heart. Your heart matters an awful lot. And the word of God has an awful lot to say about the heart. The heart is referenced between 800 and 900 times in the Bible, which tells me that your heart, my heart, really matters to God. And when you begin to kind of unpack the biblical definition of the heart, it's, yeah, it's the seat of the emotions. It's also the seat of the will, the intellect. It is the spiritual center for me and you. It's the inner you. It's the real you. And I I know that what's going on in your heart today, some of you, you've got a full heart. Some of you, you've got uh, a tired heart, a weary heart. Some of you maybe have a broken heart. Some of you have got a numb heart, or there are parts of your heart that are hardened. And the Word of God addresses all these different aspects of our heart. And we do well to kind of take stock of how our heart is as dads, as daughters, because our hearts play a massive role in how our life goes. How our heart is, so our life will go. It's just the way it works. But the difficulty is, is that it's hard to discern what's going on inside sometimes, isn't it? First Samuel, uh, when, 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 when God is preparing to anoint David as king, and he gets a hold of Samuel, and he tells Samuel, hey, Samuel, uh, I don't look at the same thing that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look, God says, at the heart. Hmm. And can't you see that? I mean, our world and our culture is completely enamored with the outward appearance, isn't it? And often to the neglect of what's going on on the inside. And and so maybe just as we even begin this weekend and we just kind of start in tonight, ask yourself the question, and just between you and you, daughters, between you and you, dads, ask yourself the question, and just before the Lord, real honesty, just say, okay, How is my heart really doing? Do you even know tonight? Or if the first couple of things that pop up into your mind, if they're healthy, great, would you pray, Lord, would you expand the scope even more of this health, this ground that you have gained in my heart, the softening that's been taking place over these months, years, or this season, Keep going that direction, Lord. If it's anything but that, if it's some healing, if it is some softening that's needed, if it's patching it back together, if it's a strengthening of it, whatever it might be, would you just ask God right now to, one, point it out, and then two, allow him to do some some heart surgery on you this weekend? Because if you do, then, then what next week looks like and the following week looks like are, are totally different when our hearts are put before the Lord. I've often wondered what it would be like if a lot of us were just kind of going through life and anything that was going on inside could make its way on the outside. Any thought that you ever had 
you had no filter whatsoever and you just said it? Some of you already do that. <laughs> uh, if something internally, you, there was some illness or sickness going on and, and it could just make its way visible outside immediately. Well, that might actually prove kind of helpful. Uh, about 10 years ago, um, I went through kind of a, a skin cancer scare and I went to the dermatologist and he checked me over and he kept going, hmm, ooh, uh. And then he said, I I'm so sorry, but we're gonna have to do some treatment on you. We're gonna have to prescribe, basically it's the lowest form of chemotherapy and uh, uh, two times a day, every day for six weeks, you're gonna put these gloves on and then smear this cream all over your face and all over your scalp and it's gonna eat its way through the outer layers. It's not just one spot, but really slather this whole thing on. And over the course of the first two weeks, it's gonna be like the worst sunburn you've ever had. Then in the third week, it's going to start to scab. Then it's going to, in the fourth and fifth week, crack and bleed. And then on the sixth week, it will heal. He said, are you, are you in any sort of vocation that requires you to interact with the public or be up front? <laughs> I told him what I did. He said, ooh, you're going to want to get these weeks covered. And, and, and he, he, he revealed this little brochure. He, he, he said, this is what it's going to look like at its worst. And he just went, take a look. Uh, and then he put it back. And what I saw in the seconds that he revealed, my, my, my stomach dropped. It was the most hideous sort of thing. And, and so at its worst, it was just like he said. I actually took a picture of myself at the worst of it, and this is exactly what that picture was. Um, so you could see, like, what, what told, I mean, you, you look at me now, I look like Voldemort in a t-shirt, you know? This is, this is, when you look like me, you can only do two things. You can captain the Starship Enterprise, or you can run Amazon. That's about all you do if you look like this. That's what I got. Now, most of you don't have any clue who I am. You don't know the, the old me. And just for frame of reference, um, this is me 15 years ago. So, so you could see <laughs> quite the effect of this, this medication. It was, uh, it was quite devastating to my wife in particular. But, I, but I, I, I was thankful simultaneous to kind of having to go through that one because that treatment solved the problem. What I was also thankful for was that there was someone that was trained to see something I couldn't see. And at some point, what was going on internally was made visible. And with regard to our hearts, there are times where I really wish what was going on inside could make its way to the outside. Well, it can in some way, shape, or form. It will in some way, shape, or form. But we've got to kind of reverse engineer this before the Lord and say, okay, I don't want to get hung up on all the behavior in my life and miss what's going on in my heart. 
I don't want that for me as a dad. I don't want that for me as, as a dad parenting a daughter. Daughters, I don't want that for you, to you to get so hung up on the outward appearance of things, your actual physical outward appearance, and miss the heart. Our culture is gonna spray you constantly with things that deal with completely the outward and all behavior and completely neglect the heart. And we're worse off for it. But where, where God looks at the heart, he also complicates it, cluing us in in Jeremiah, saying that the heart is deceitful above all else. So who can understand it? But God. And so we've got to come to the one who knows your heart better than you do. And that's God. And you say, okay, Lord, I want you to clue me in about what's going on in here. And I want you to do some work in here on me. And out of the overflow of that, whatever you need to do, please do. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. Or another translation says, because everything that you do flows from it. Your heart determines every aspect of your life from what you say to what you do. And God knows that. And so if he's at the center of it, and if you said today, daughters, if you said today, dads, Jesus, please draw my heart closer to your heart. God, give me a heart like your heart. Work in my heart what you want to work. Your relationships change. Your perspective changes. Yeah, your behavior changes. I mean, everything changes because your heart determines everything that you say or do. If you have your Bible, open up to the book of Luke. Go to Luke and go to chapter 6. And we're going to take a look at this moment in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus delivered this message probably multiple times. And there's so much stuff in here that's, that's familiar to a lot of us, so powerful. But I'd love to draw your attention back to Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 41. These are the words of Jesus here. He says, why, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and may pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you'll be, be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now this is familiar. You've been around the block for a while. You've heard this. It's, it's quite the picture. And this is the tendency that we've got. Jesus is just reminded, there's this huge tendency for us to focus on the outward of everybody else and miss the inward. And probably the tendency for us to focus on everybody else and their outward before we focus on us and our own inward first. Jesus is still calling us to get to a place where there's the removal of logs and specks from each other's eyes. 
He's not prohibiting judgment. He's just saying, don't be hypocritical when you do. Take a stock of where your heart's at. Put it before the Lord. How often do we do that? You know, if you're, girls, if you're like 11 or 12, this might be completely new for you to have prayed ever. God, would you show me what's really going on on the inside? That could be a really powerful thing to, to pray to the Lord. Dads, as you're cruising through your life, whether you're early adulthood or senior adulthood, somewhere in between, to put your heart before the Lord often in prayer. And as you read the word, say, don't, don't just allow whatever you're speaking to me here to get stuck right here and not make its way down to my heart. I really want you to affect me deeply, Lord, please. He continues on and says, no good tree, verse 43, bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Yeah. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's one of the ways that what's going on in here makes its way outward. It's through our words. I was reminded of this uh, years ago. I, I read this and I, I hear the words of Jesus and a good tree produces good fruit. What's going on in here will bear fruit. The spirit of God at work in your life, in your heart, will bear much fruit. Fruit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Any of you in here, dads or daughters, would you like a little bit more of those qualities, of that fruit in your life? Yeah, I need it. I need this desperately. And it comes from allowing the Spirit of God, the Word of God, this active place in my heart, in my soul. A, a, a neglected heart produces bad fruit. A guarded heart, a heart that's constantly before, put before the Lord and is soft toward Him, it's soft soil that his word can find good soil in and bear much fruit, that sort of heart produces good stuff. And that's the heart I want. That's the, that's the heart that I think the Lord wants for us. But you've been around the block long enough, you know that life can hurt your heart. How many have ever done something stupid? Yeah, I've done a bunch of stupid stuff. I've done more stupid stuff than I care to admit. And I am the cause of a lot of my heart's damage. And then there's a lot of stuff that has just happened to me. Anybody ever had anybody do something bad to you? This wasn't your fault, this was somebody else inflicting some harm and that hurt your heart. There's a reason your heart's feeling that way because life circumstances or relationship or even just kind of the pervasive like cultural stuff that's going on, 
It can have a damaging effect on our spirit, right at the core of us, right? When I was uh, four years old, my, my natural father just, he, he left, he, he took off. And um, I didn't see him again. I was too young at the time to like really connect dots and know how that felt. But then you start to grow up and with a dad not in the home, you start to realize things feel different. And so girls, like none of us dads are perfect. There are some phenomenal dads that are here. None of us are perfect. No dad is perfect. But girls, I could tell you this. Whoever brought you here this weekend cares enough, loves you enough to take some time out to be here with you this weekend because he really, really loves you and he really, really cares for you. And the absence of that, like Dom said, produces some real wounds if we're not careful. When I was uh, just a couple of years after that, my mom um, married somebody else. My mom loves Jesus and she's a phenomenal woman of God. We just kept having one thing after another happen. My natural father had taken off. Another guy came into our lives. Without getting into all the details, he was not a good guy and um, hospitalized both my mom and I and um, in the middle of the night, uh, she had to sneak in to uh, my bedroom after he had fallen asleep and we escaped and got out of that situation. It was a couple of years after that, another guy came into our lives. They decided to get married and uh, we were at the church for the wedding ceremony and we had about 150, 200 friends show up. I was the ring bearer up front. I was probably seven, eight years old. My mom looked beautiful that day. And right before the I do's, they were both standing there up front, right before they were going to exchange the rings, this guy stopped mid-ceremony, turned and walked out of the church, left my mom standing at the altar, and we never saw him again. And I got to tell you, that hurt my heart. There's parts of that that the Lord is still working on in me. And so dads, never underestimate just your actual presence with your little girl and with your sons, if you got them, means the world. And daughters, don't take for granted. You got a dad that's here with you. Don't miss it. Your dad might be an adult. You might be an adult. You probably don't take that for granted, maybe as much as we do when we're younger. But it's a precious gift but where I first started to recognize how much hurt had gone on in here as a result of all of that was the words that started coming out of my mouth. Out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth was speaking. And anybody that I was coming across, there was just a lot of painful words coming out. But then it was like God said, enough's enough. Here's an absolute angel of a human being to be your dad. He brought a stepdad into my life. And he was God's gift from above to me. And he, uh, he loved me like his own. I consider him my, my real dad. And that was such a gift. But he walked with me. 
And, and he started to say, you know what, Ronnie, you, you keep bringing this up and talking about that, and it's just cluing me in on some threads about what's going on deep down in your heart. And that was so helpful, because as a young guy, I, I didn't have any clue how bad I was really hurting. At the same time, I was now having this contrast. I, I was speaking and feeling a lot of junk that was coming up out of here, and then I had this positive influence, this, this man of God. I, I learned what it was to be a man. I learned what it was to be a dad. I learned what it was to be Christ-like because of this man in my life. And that was such a gift. He spoke life into me. And so the power of words is huge. They're an indicator of what's going on in here. And praise God, this guy actually had been so affected by the love of Jesus that he couldn't help but communicate that in word and deed. He loved well and he, he spoke that out of the overflow of his heart. He spoke life to me. He spoke life to my mom and we needed that. There was so much healing. I'm a firm believer, you guys, that people shouldn't have to guess how you feel about them, especially especially family. And I would love it, even in just this moment, you take 30 seconds, if you would do this, maybe dads take the initiative, daughters, if you want to go back, that's fine. Take 30 seconds. Would you just complete this sentence, dads, to your daughter? Turn to them and complete this sentence, some version of this. I really appreciate the way you blank. I really love how you blank. Could you give a word of encouragement to your daughter? Daughters, feel free to do it back to her. Do, go, go. I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Fill in the blank. I really appreciate the way you blank. Awesome. Dads and daughters, you can continue that. You can continue that later. Continue that through the weekend. Continue that on the drive home. There are these seeds, these little things that many of you do this stuff already. And then sometimes a weekend like this can just be helpful and spark. Just keep this sort of thing going. Because our hearts need this sort of thing. And the Lord knows that. And this is part of the gift that he's given us for the blessing of our hearts. Now, with that said, I had a dad that was able to discern some things about what was going on in here. He could connect some dots. He could speak some life. He, he, could, he could be used by the Lord to bring some healing in here that I needed. And you could always do that to each other. But it's a good reminder that it's very difficult 
to judge somebody's heart. And ultimately, it's not my job. If I can't figure out what's going on in my heart, I certainly can't figure out what's going on in your heart. (laughs) And only the Lord really knows. And it's actually not our job to judge somebody's heart, which is probably why Jesus goes where he goes next. The next verse right after what we were just reading, in verse 46, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? In other words, there are some people who, they they play a role. Not everybody that looks the part actually is. There are a lot of people that look really good on the outside. Talk about outward appearance. They know what to say. They got the right lingo down. The behavior is down. And yet, Isaiah style, their hearts are far from me. You know, there's... There's a challenge when we try to really discern what's going on in a heart. So we got to be careful because there are some people that might be Pharisees, kind of whitewashed tombs. They got all looked together on the outside, but the inside it's, it's dead. It's a mess. If, if you're ever heading that direction, daughters, if you're ever heading that direction, dads, just know the grace and mercy of God is always right there for you. And he knows the condition of your heart. You don't have to fake it around him. He already knows. And he still loves you. So just coming back to him quick, closing the gap of time where we were praying the pretend game. We just say, okay, that's not good for the heart, the faking it. But there's also other people that the outward appearance is an absolute mess. Imagine if you met the prodigal son on his way back to the father. He's already hit rock bottom. There's something going on in his heart enough to motivate a return, a repentance. The dad's already in the full-on sprint, but you happen to intercept him, right? He doesn't look like he's got it all put together, does he? But what would have been the condition of his heart? Pretty special. And so we've got to... We've got to have this kind of discernment, but at least know that ultimately it's up to God to figure this all out. We need his help. And if you go back and unpack Proverbs chapter 4, the guarding your heart, in its context in that, that proverb, guarding your heart really is about kind of putting your heart under the word of God. And if you look at where Jesus ends this thought here in this particular teaching, Right after this, he says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep, laid the foundation on rock. And then when the storm came and the torrent struck, it stood strong. When we hear God's word and we receive it and we put it into practice, That does something to our hearts. So daughters, would you open your heart to whatever it is that the Lord wants to speak into, plant some seeds into, cultivate in your heart this weekend. Dad's the same thing. Some of you know so much more about the scripture than I do. You've been walking with the Lord longer than I have. We're all in this together. This is a daily thing. I'm still sometimes two steps forward and one step back. 
But what I'm just trying constantly is just, okay, Lord, please just keep my heart in a place that's before you, where I'm not faking it, that you're constantly working on it and softening it. And I know you know what I really need better than I do. So help me with that. And then out of the overflow of what's going on in here, I can't wait. I can't wait to see God. What behavior starts to change, what my language starts to change, perspective starts to change because of what you're doing in here. Psalm 139, it's a Psalm of David's and it ends basically with a prayer. And, and the prayer is, you could see it here, Psalm 139 verses 23 and four, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, test me, lead me. That's a great prayer. Girls, that's a really great prayer. Women, that's a really great prayer. Dads, that's a phenomenal prayer to pray often. Every single, Lord, search my heart. Test me, poke, prod, connect dots for me, reveal. Thank you, I don't have to be fake before you. I can be honest with how I'm feeling and how I'm doing. And then lead me, please. Lead me in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, in my will, the direction you want me to go. Your heart matters. And so let's put it before him this weekend. Amen? I would love to give you one minute again, daddies and daughters, to just pray that. Pray something along those lines for God to draw you closer to his heart and to each other's heart. Would you pray that? Just turn with your, your daughter and guys, I get it, not, not all of us super comfortable praying out loud if that's you, that's fine. Hold your daughter's hand and you can pray silent, that's okay. But otherwise, pray out loud and pray God would draw your heart to his and your heart to each other. I'll close this out here in just a minute.
And so gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for these prayers that are gone right now. Thank you for these precious dads and daughters. Thank you for a weekend to have so much fun and to be encouraged. But go to work on us on the inside that it can make its way outside however you see fit. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.